0: Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. Donovan here. I am joined today by Pastor Joe. Hi, Pastor Joe. Hey. You like when people call you pastor? Hey. I think we've talked. Well, I talked about this with Glenn. Do people ever call you that? Uh, call you pastor? Yeah, some people call me that. Then
1: I know immediately that they're not very like I don't know them. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm not very close to them. Uh,
0: so it's not an it, it's not a, an encouraging thing. It's kind of like calling Godfather. As <laughs> opposed to what? Abba, daddy. <laughs> Uh, is that the technical? Is Abba Daddy not Father? What's Father? Papa? Uh, I, I don't know. So do you? That's do Aramaic. You, do you call um um God Father or Abba when you pray, or what do you? No, I do say Father. Do I you say thou I say What's up, dog?
1: <laughs> I say I say Father a lot.
0: Yeah, so it says something. Yeah,
1: I hate it when Steph says to the kids, Your father told you. I'm like, Steph. You so
0: hate that? I'm like, Steph, bring it down. That's what you hate? Chill out. You never call me father except when you're angry. You know, your dad told me once you can tell a lot about a person by what they say they hate. He's like when it's, and he, he used the example, someone goes, I hate hot dogs. It's like, hate? Do you hate hot dogs? Like, <laughs> dang. So you hate when she says that your father it's like the, it's like you yeah, go to...
1: cuz it's like it's like it's like this distance it communicates distance
0: yes it's
1: like i'm not i'm not distant though i'm 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 still dad even though i'm you know i've given you a direction i'm still your dad i'm not now
0: father but not
1: daddy yeah not quite. no i am daddy to, to once they get over 5 the daddy drops off for me not my it's their choice their
0: choice yeah that's interesting james calls me daddy so to the, so Did in Spanish In Spanish it's uh you know papa is dad mm-hmm. and papi is daddy. Yeah, your kids say poppy. My kids call me Poppy. Yeah. And what's what's cool what I like about that is uh it's extended to the cousins. Like we've lived with all of their cousins on on the, their mother's side at some point, And so they've all called me Poppy and because to them it doesn't register as daddy. It's just kind of like a name. They all call me that. Like I have a 19-year-old niece or 18-year-old that still calls me Poppy. I love it. That's who I am to them. And Garrett's kids all call me that. So we're very near and dear to them. Someone called me Pastor the other day and I told him not to. He said he did it because he knows I don't like it. So Pastor Joe, we're going to talk about uh, some really, really incredible, fascinating stuff today, but not yet. I want to get to continue to get to know you, Joe. Yeah, so I can start calling you well, daddy. That's, that's <laughs> As long as we finish this with you calling me daddy, we're good. That's right. Um you've lived several places. Well, you've been several places around the globe. Um where were you in India when you spent a few weeks there with Stephanie?
1: Uh what yeah, we t- spent 9 weeks there. We were in three different places. What were they? So we were four weeks in, oh, I'm sorry, six weeks in Chennai. Chennai, that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. In the south. Six weeks in Chennai, and then we were um, about about two weeks in Gujarat, the state of Gujarat, kind of all around, which is up northwest near Pakistan. And uh, it's a little uh, peninsula that hangs off India on the upper left, if you're looking at it on a map. And then we spent
0: about Well, a week. you mean that in the most like eurocentric way. Yeah, if you're
1: looking at it from, from
0: yes, exactly. A eurocentric map that's oriented with Yeah, yeah. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. Which is the only way to look at a map. Really. North is up. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to look at a map. Well, yeah.
1: how how you didn't
0: you say how far uh, where does the west end? Yeah, where does the west begin? Yeah, begin. They say the western world Like where is that Where is that Is there a line Is there a border I said Istanbul I think it's New Jersey Well it depends Istanbul Where east meets west Yeah So all right. so some time in India there And then obviously you've traveled there with Redeemer a handful of times And um, You've been to Chiang Mai Thailand How long were you there We were in Chiang Mai Thailand For 16 Months
1: yeah, 16 months. It's a good long run. And where else have you been? Is um, that pretty much it? Well, we Steph and I also spent about 4 months in uh England and and then uh we've traveled, you know, for you know, a week or less to different countries in yeah. in Europe and well, we went. You know, we went to Copenhagen in the fall this year. Yeah. Roth's, but Steph has traveled more than me. She before we dated, she was she spent a summer in Ecuador uh,
0: okay.
1: teaching English. She spent a month in Peru. Um, she's she was fluent in Spanish. Uh, you say was? Yeah, she's she, she kind of losing it. She she hasn't used it for a while. So I'm losing she, mine, but she could
0: pick it up pretty easily. I think. So, yeah. Um so she's have you ever burst past the borderlines of space? you traveled there? Uh well is this what's this rated? <laughs> what? All <laughs> S for spirit. Why? I mean the Bible, what's the Bible First, rated? What would you yeah. give what's oh, the Bible man, rated? The Bible's rated R I was reading stuff to my kids the other night about uh
1: Dinah. You know, in Genesis, how it, you're reading along, and it's a nice narrative, and then a <laughs> nice narrative. Then it throws in a soap opera in like one chapter out of nowhere. What happened to Dinah? You know, well, you know, she she was violated. So, um, my kids, you know, you, you you're like, should I read this? I'm like, well, yeah. Well, do you the leave Bible. the Bible laying around? Yeah, I leave the Bible laying around. They could read it whenever they want.
0: Yeah. You lock it up with your porn stash. No, just kidding. When I have porn stashes, but think about that. Like you wouldn't, you know, guys have that and they lock it up. At least back in the day, right? You had magazines right. and they hide them away. Like, but just leave the Bible laying around. Just leave it. out. Yeah, there's, there's all some kinds stuff of, in there. There's, there's some stuff some in real there. Stuff. So yeah. what do you do? You just read it to them. I oh, then... read it
1: out loud to them. But we also had that talk with them about sex. So, uh,
0: recently, so they're they're a bit more informed. Yeah man well my wife's been doing Genesis study with the kids, and yeah I mean there's there's mayhem yeah mayhem going on in there all right, how'd we get there? um I don't know, oh, so in terms of globe trotting so part of Joe's role at Redeemer is he oversees the global mission, so that means he teaches trains, coordinates all kinds of stuff, and so that's part of your heartbeat it has been for a long time and um. Why?
1: Um. Well, I mean, I, I guess I always I've I have a heart for it because I've been exposed to it as a kid. I was exposed to missionaries at our church and at Bible camp, and my middle name is Elliot, named after Jim Elliot, one of the five martyrs in Ecuador, um, in the in the in the fifties. So. You know, he was a missionary
0: there with with his wife Elizabeth. Um, now we kind of assume everyone knows about I that, know. but maybe not. Like, watch, read the book, watch the movie "End of the Spear," um, right. "Through the Gates of Splendor." There's all kinds of stuff online and you can read about this, and it's the movie. Was that "End of the hey, Spear" is the movie? "End of the Spear" is the movie.
1: But I grew up; my parents would give me the biographies, <clears throat> uh, so I read uh, the Dayuma story, which is written by. Um, uh, Ali, uh, uh, Elizabeth Saint? Uh, Nate, Nate Saint is... Well, um, Nate Saint's one of the guys that died as well. Um, his his aunt, Rachel Saint, wrote the book The Dioma Story about connecting with Dioma, who came out of that tribe. That's the way they learned the language and was there in after the guys were killed. Dioma um, is one of the ladies? is the lady, yeah, that, that had escaped years before. And then Rachel Saint... Uh, had worked with her to learn some of their language and their story and that helped after the men were killed the ladies went back to the tribe with Dayuma, and had an inn and that's how the whole thing started and the, the whole tribe became followers of Jesus through that so the Dayuma story tells some of that uh beyond the ga- or through the ga- through gates of splendor is elizabeth elliot's rendition of kind of her and jim and their story um and then there's various biographies on the life of Jim Elliot out there. Yeah. So I would read those as a kid, and it really was, yeah, it inspired me. He went to, um, he went to Wheaton College, and uh, part of the reason I went to Wheaton College was because of that. Honestly, like I, I'm like, hey, you know, I I have, I, I guess I had vision for it. Yeah. And so, uh,
0: segue. Hmm. Uh. You're not supposed to say Segway, you just do it. Oh, you, don't, sorry. you don't need to narrate it. Yeah. <clears throat> um I just like to state the obvious. Are you taking control of the show here?
1: I am. No. <laughs> uh well
0: I was re- wondering how related, long it would take. Rela- <laughs> related though, Jim Elliott's sister. Related's just a synonym for Segway. <laughs> you're still doing it. Jim Elliott's sister. It, Jane Elliott, younger sister,
1: married a guy named Jerry Hawthorne. Now, Jerry Hawthorne was a professor of Greek and New Testament at Wheaton College, and uh, for almost fifty years, forty some years, he now passed away in the last a little bit ago. But he he and Jane were at a church that I was a part of for part of my time while I was going to Wheaton, and he was retired. He was an older man. But they would have people over for lunch. So I actually would go over to their house for lunch at least once or twice. And uh they just, you know, hung out hang out with the college students and so I got to meet Jane Elliott and tell her that I was named after her her brother. Well, really her name too, Elliot. But yeah. um that was really cool. Yes. You know, and, and they were a sweet couple and um and so Jerry Hawthorne, he he wrote a book that I think we're gonna get into this later, but uh, about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's called
0: The Presence and the Power. And... uh Oh, that is a good segue. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. I didn't know we would have gotten there from where we started. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan that.
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody so, did. So he he was a
0: really funny guy. Um, All right. Funny old man. Good. So, um, so obviously that's, you know, history and current passions drive that, and some of your role at Redeemer and... Um, so we want to be involved with God's work across the world, reaching UUPGs, unengaged unreached people groups. And uh won't go deeply into that right now, but uh and our prayers that Lord willing God will raise up people from Redeemer to go and uh go to the nations and in the meantime we'll partner with what's happening, we'll continue to train and pray and and uh listen for God's leading in that. Um what when you spent 14 months in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and then came back here, so I, people always ask, like, what was hard about living in Chiang Mai? I want to ask, what was hard about coming back here? Mm, mm, good question.
1: Yeah, a lot of times it is harder to come back than to go. And uh, so coming back here, it was hard to, for me personally, it was hard Culturally, to, to come back to uh, the states where it's, um, well, for one, it's just fun to be, for, for me, for us, it was, it was fun to be in a place where you can, uh, the culture is just more warm, it's more inviting, it's more spontaneous, last minute, um, generous, uh, the food's great, you know, the food's accessible, easy, cheap. Um, outdoor markets, things like that, where I kind of miss all that. You know, coming back here where it's a little more cold culture, where people are a little more. Uh, you know, it's just not as
0: easy to know people, not as easy to break in. Now you I mean, say cold culture. Um, I'm a, a bit familiar with that term, but you want to expand on that a bit?
1: Yeah. So warm and cold cultures. So uh, warm culture is. It's said it's it's called warm and cold because usually it's a warmer environment in a colder environment where these places are, but a cold culture would be like, you know, like Minnesota, right? It's, it's generally cold, but any part of the United States is, except for the South, the deep South is, is typically more of a warm culture. But what it, what it means is a warm culture is typically, uh, more hospitable. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to get to know people. Um, initially, uh, there's, um, sometimes more of an honor shame basis to it. So, uh, and you see that in the South, you know, like pastor, right? A lot of people mm. from the South automatically say pastor because there's more of a sense of honor, um, at least in, in... That's
0: why I want to move to Florida. In your verbiage. For the well, see, honor. F-
1: Florida is different. Florida is an anomaly. Yeah, there's a lot of imports. But uh, but that's what... It, like, warm culture is more that way. And then cold culture is, uh, you know, you might take a while to get to know somebody, but once you do, you're like you're in for life kind of thing you know and and sometimes uh you know that's that's just a general a general a generality, but it's not always the case but uh, so cold culture can be that way, cold culture can be um
0: yeah, just less initially open it's um. interesting how that correlates with the weather, you know what I mean, yes, yeah, or maybe even uh poverty right the global yeah. north is wealthier than the global Equ- you know the equatorial regions mm-hmm. and I don't, mm-hmm. can get into long reasons for that but when you have the financial means to lock yourself away and it's cold outside it's like boom there you go but when you're when it's hot you got to get out of the house and you're poor you don't have anything to do. it's like what do you have to do but walk through the streets and talk to neighbors you know like
1: yeah it's kind of like Iowa in the summer versus Iowa in the dead of winter yeah you know how much do you talk to your neighbors in January a
0: little bit, maybe, but in the summer, it's like you're outside, you're mowing the lawns, you're yeah, yeah, you're just more so. That was a, a tough adjustment coming back. I'm not sure we could sit there longer, but I want to get to the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. A couple quick notes. Um, someone asked me recently why, you know, as kind of what's the purpose of the podcast, and um, and why, particularly, I had certain guests on because I've had Joe here on the podcast, and he's one of our pastors, and I've had some of our members, but I've had people that are not members of Redeemer or not even Christians on the podcast, and they seemed puzzled, and I guess maybe they assumed because I was holding them out as a teaching authority, and the answer is no, not in terms of representing the church. Uh, the reason I would invite really someone who's not a Christian on the on the podcast is, number one, to have a conversation with them. These usually are my friends, and uh, talk about interesting stuff, I think, um, and to hear their perspective. I mean, what's their experience? They're humans, uh, for goodness sake, and they have experiences, hopes, and dreams, and uh, to some extent, to at least model what it looks like for me to engage in those conversations. And we all do that differently, but so hopefully, there's some fruit in that for you. So, um, but today we have the strongest believer I've ever met, so that should wash yeah. away the other my error, right? Let's just bring us back into balance here. Um, so wh- wh- here's what we're gonna talk about because we're on this theme of uh, really talking about continuationism, things of the Spirit, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in the Church, particularly, you know, uh, continuationism, the idea that we believe that uh, um, the Holy Spirit works in the same way today as He did in the first century, uh, and particularly—so that includes kind of the the regulars, like uh, regenerating hearts and illuminating truth and Pointing to the glory of Christ And transforming the heart And all these things Uh, But also um, uh, Well, miraculous things Miracles, prophecies Words of knowledge Words of wisdom uh, Healing, things like that There's a little mini rash of healings going on Did you hear about Dylan? Mm -mm. No Did you hear about Terry? Well, you heard about Terry yesterday Mm -hmm. Dylan got his neck healed At a group the other night They prayed over him and cool. maybe yeah, and there's another one that's a maybe. So, yeah, let's see, let's see what's happening. Um, so, so we in in conjunction conjunction with that, you know, we've been talking about this to greater degrees or less for a couple of years now, including the, <coughs> excuse me, the for- Forgotten God series and Unseen Realm and different books and things we've been reading and passing around, and we're just we're just wanting to grow in this um, because it's good. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, to the extent that the spirit would be pleased to fill us and manifest uh, in different ways, boy, it would be a pleasure. Let's just put it that way. And I've tasted that to different degrees and you just want more. So it's really that simple. Um, you know, and it kind of corollary to that is man, we just need help. You know, he's the helper. <laughs> I need help, uh, in many ways. So just growing in that. So I want to take the time, you know, with the podcast and other resources just to uh, uh, continue to continue talk. And resource, teach, encourage, um, clarify So watch the weekly resource that comes out in the the text on Thursdays There will always be a link in there for something to read, something to watch Try to keep those fairly brief and accessible Um, And yeah, so watch for emails, listen to the podcast and things like that So today, all that to say I guess, you know, for lack of better We're going to talk about the kenosis, right? And uh, how that relates to uh, the spirit and all that. So there's a band named Kenosis. Well, not anymore. I don't think they really make music anymore. It was an old Mars Hill band, and they had some hot music. We used to sing one of their, one of their songs, Depth of Mercy. That was like a remake of an old hymn, and uh, love love the stuff they do. You can find them on Spotify. they got some stuff out there. But Kenosis is a theological term. It's pretty much just taken out of the Greek, and uh, some of you may be familiar with it. Uh, some of you may not, so we're going to define it. Uh, it comes from Philippians 2, and where it says that Christ, although being equal with God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, he emptied himself. And there's that word, kenosis, uh, he emptied himself, taking the form of a man. So this idea that Jesus, although being equal with God, right, uh, so there, that's, that's affirming Trinitarian teaching of Father, Son... Holy Spirit, we throw the Holy Spirit in. Jesus, the Logos, um, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. That Word manifested, took on flesh, walked among us. Um, so he's been the Logos, the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, forever, existing as God's equal and really Godhead, as the Father's equal, um, that something happened in the in the Incarnation, that Paul calls, in the, and it's translated in English, emptying himself, um, and kenosis is the is the word. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna look up uh, Strong's commentary on uh, kenosis. So, anyway, it's this idea that Jesus emptied Himself, and so number one, we'll kind of talk about what, what does that mean. Um, and then that'll segue into what, well, what does that mean then in terms of Jesus's ministry and, uh, to what extent he did, uh, his work, including his miracles and things like that, out of his Godhead, as in he's God, therefore he can calm the waves, or did he do ministry by the power of the Spirit and, uh... And and what and then thirdly, what that means for us? So we got to move quick, right? There are implications for us. Um, so, Joe, how would you say what does it mean that Jesus emptied Himself?
1: Uh, so it means that he didn't he did that nothing was detracted from him. Um, the addition of his humanity. Was in part well. I mean, so there's a lot of technical ways to talk about this, but I'm trying to. It, the, the, he didn't lose anything in the sense of his divinity, right? So he didn't. It's not like he he ceased to become divine. That's not. That's not being implied. That's in the like an idea. impossibility. It's 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 basically yeah, an impossibility. But what he did was, uh, theologians say he he set aside or he. Um, well, I wonder if I should just read. I mean, yeah, he, he, he voluntarily did not operate within the cer- certain realms of his divinity. So that means um, there's certain ways he lived as a human, as Jesus, the man, that he wasn't actually operating in a way... That had full presence uh, and operation
0: of his God, of his divinity. Okay, so, so already, what, what, what? Uh, one of the things I want to just, one of the ways I want to frame this is this is a bit technical. It's very technical. So, how important is it? Very. Oh, okay. So, just bear with us. <laughs> um, it's one of those things. I think if I like, you can go online. In search, and you'll find debates about this and even uh, churches slandering one another about how they communicate about this. And uh, one of the things that I've said is I bet I could line up every single one of my elders and say, describe the kenosis, and they'd they'd grasp it, words and concepts, and not necessarily all say it the exact same way. So I have a little spirit of grace there. Um, Here, here, let me say this. Yes, go ahead.
1: This is Gerald Hawthorne. Hey, full circle. All right. Jerry Hawthorne in his book The Presence and the Power, the son of god willed to renounce the exercise of his divine powers, attributes, prerogatives so that he might live fully within those limitations which inhere in being truly human.
0: Right, so this gets into like did Je- to some extent like did Jesus truly experience humanity? Mm-hmm. You know, cuz like or is he just you know, so you can watch Jesus walking around doing miracles. He's like, well, yeah, he's a superhero. And I look—I've never really thought about this issue a lot. Like, I've heard it come up, and and I would say as I move through the series of Matthew or or as I've taught on Mark, I have taught that his miracles prove that he's God. Mm. You've heard me say stuff like, well, and there's mm. there's arguments for that, right? Like, um, uh. Truly, this man is the son of God. You know, who is this that commands the way? And it's like, there seems to be this implication of who he is, not just how he does ministry. Now, I don't have strong opinions on this. I'm just saying that um, I could see why when you read the Bible, and I read a Gospel Coalition article on this, and that's sure. what they, they said. Well, they use those examples. Like, yeah, they do. There's this response like, oh, so all I'm saying is like. So was Elijah. This yeah <laughs> all right hold on a second <laughs> oh sorry um yeah i don't know um but there is ways that okay I would, I would say it's not less
1: than that but it's 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 more right it's not less than that that he that he performed miracles but it's certainly more there was more to it than that 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 proved his his being the messiah the son of God but anyway
0: yeah, yeah. All right. So what's it's what what the debate is, or you know, is whether or not Jesus did miracles by his divine power directly as the second person of the Trinity. He's just God, he's just like pictured like a superhero. Or to what extent was that is that the kenosis that he laid that aside, th- that general kind of right and general application, direct application of that, and instead he operated as a man by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's, you know, there's a lot of uh Arguments for the latter that he was empowered by the Spirit. I mean, he was, you know, what happens at his baptism is the Spirit descends upon him, and then he goes forth and starts doing miracles and all this stuff. I mean, there's all these these verses. He was led into the desert by the Spirit, right? Uh, what are some of the? Do you do you feel like there's key verses that you feel like tipped the scale for you to say, no, no, this is this is how Jesus did ministry by the Spirit, not by his direct Divinity,
1: yeah. There's a there's a ton of verses. So um, without having them all laid out in front of me, because Donovan doesn't tell me what we're talking about. <laughs> um, what did you come in expecting to talk about? Sorry. Well, I did have an, an idea that yeah. this might come up, but yeah. One of the, uh, so if you if you look at this, if you look at uh, Matthew, Mark, and and Luke, especially John is a little different, but um, not entirely different. But it, it, the Synoptic Gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They repeatedly, especially Luke, because Luke talks about the Spirit a lot. As you know, because Luke and Acts are the same book, they go together. And um, they will say that by the Spirit Jesus went here. By the Spirit, he cast out demons. It even says in by he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit.
0: Mm, that sounds fun.
1: Um, oh my gosh! He, and and he begins with what he's conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's not just conceived by God or, you know, the Father. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. And then he says, and then he actually, um, yeah, he's led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Um, but but another one that comes up, and Sam Storms, who's a guy we've talked about a lot, um, who who's, uh, again, another reputable theologian and uh, evangelical and, but he, he's a continuationist in, in terms of the gifts, so he believes the sign gifts, the miraculous gifts, are for today. Um, he mentions also about John three thirty four to 35, it says, For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. For he, um, i.e. the Father, gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. So who does who's giving the spirit the Father? Who's he giving it the spirit to the Son, without measure, hmm. um, and for what purpose? Well, and that's kind of what we're getting into. But
0: um, so okay, so here's where supplementary resources come into, like uh, we can share articles that. Yeah. Some of, like, one of the Sam Storm's ones was, like, so long, dude. I couldn't even make yeah, it through. it's really, really long. There's a shorter one. I just, I've read another one on, on Desiring God. So, you can get into this and, and, like, just get into the verses, right? This, we don't want to get in. What I don't want to do here is get highly exegetical and basically this. That's the debate. Um, um You are, I've sent some passion in you about this. Why?
1: Well, the reason is is because there's a lot of debate right now about um, about this, and sometimes it's it's overtly. When you about. say there's a lot
0: of debate, like at at the coffee shop. Well, I'm getting there. Oh, yeah, okay. All yeah, right, oh, all right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to take control of the show. <laughs> so, like the debate,
1: yeah, it's in the form of maybe a conversation at the coffee shop with somebody. Online is what I'm really referring to. The debates online, whether it's about Bethel music. Or about Michael Heiser and the unseen realm that we've gone into as a church, um, and and what I've read by in blogs or in YouTubes, I've heard it from from you know helpfully critical guys usually that are that are talking about it in ways that are helpful. But but again, I would I just disagree with what they're saying and what they're often what they're critiquing is, hey, you know Bill Johnson at Bethel Church talks about Jesus laying aside his deity. Well, that's heresy. And I'm saying, is it? Like, well, it depends what he means by that. Because if we're going to dismiss an entire movement that, in my opinion, is actually fruitful, if we're going to dismiss an entire movement because we're claiming they're speaking heresy when actually they're not, because we just don't understand what they're talking about, or they've said it poorly, but we haven't sought clarification from them on it, that's big deal, right? Like that's we're we're, we're we're you know there's churches that are that are making these decisions and uh, they're
0: right they can do that but in my opinion yeah they're I, going they're not going they're not just saying hey I don't think he articulated that well they're saying they're worshiping a different Jesus yeah that's, that's ex- all I like calling them Mormons or right right or Jehovah's Witnesses or something which you hey look you can have all your opinions about. Bethel Church or any church, and whether or not you think everything there is healthy. But that's a, it's different to say, yeah, and this thing's unhealthy versus to say they worship a different God. Right. And the other thing about it is, um, a lot of times
1: the critique about this is that, well, these charismatics are saying that we should live a life like Jesus, but Jesus was God. We can't do that. So we're not expected to go heal the sick. We're not expected to cast out demons. If it happens, great. That's icing on the cake. But that's not normal. And if the argument is partially resting on this, this is a big deal. If it's partially resting on the fact that well Jesus did those things because he's mostly because he's God and he's not expecting us to do that, then the implications are that we won't we don't have to do that. Or we don't at least we don't get to we don't get to or we don't we don't need to seek it out. And if you do seek it out, you're actually a heretic. Well, that's a big deal. And that's a real, a very real divide right now. And I think it's 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 due to fear to some degree about what it means to follow Jesus. Let's just get it out there. I think there's a fear about that. I have fears about it. I mean I didn't pray for a lady I could have prayed for it at Caribou the other day. Why? Because I'm afraid. Mm, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm a wacko. I'm afraid that she's not gonna understand. I'm afraid that it won't work. It won't work. You're a fraud. So I go on my, with my day, sip my latte, and read my Bible. <laughs> that, that tells me to go pray for the sick. <laughs> so, um, so hey, I'm with you. I'm afraid I fail at it too. But theologically, this is a big deal. What we think about this is important. and I And I would argue, hey, Jesus was operating primarily by the power of the Spirit when he did miracles, when he healed the sick. Now, was he entirely... I'm not saying in that that he completely wasn't God. No, you're not saying... You're just saying he emptied himself, whatever that means. I'm saying that he operated as a human just as we operate as a human by the power of the
0: Spirit. Let me ask you this. What about... Um. Not, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah. You're obviously passionate about this, and I I agree. I think this is this is good, important. All right. So let me, but let me put on my critical thinking cap here. Uh, oh, I've had it on. Um, yeah. If it seems like your concern to some extent is if we attribute a difference between us, if we if we find a difference between us and Jesus in terms of the humanity, um, then that impacts or negatively our ability now to do ministry by the Spirit. But, okay, let's just say, let's just grant he, the the way you're understanding kenosis is right. and He was operating fully as a man. Well, isn't there another complication that he didn't have sinful flesh? Like, don't I still have another? Let's just say, okay, I grant it. uh, But what do I do about that? I still... Well, right, Absolutely. I still have, like, he didn't have that barrier. Correct. Okay. So he was... This isn't maybe where you wanted to go, but it just popped into my head, so... Yeah, so, but those are two distinct issues. They are, right. but so, similar in the sense that it's... an. A, I don't think you can still just say, see, so you're just like Jesus, because he laid aside his divinity, he's just a man. Like, yeah, but he's a sinless man. Like, he doesn't have those fears at the coffee shop. He doesn't have the... You know, fear of man and self doubt and all this stuff, like, right? No, so, you know, it's clear that we have sin,
1: and that Jesus did not. Yeah. Okay, that's clear. So there is a barrier to how we function. Like me, the other day, I had fear. Okay. I I had I have sin. <clears throat> it keeps me from from doing things that actually I'm called to do. Right. All right. And we have that in our lives. So in that sense, we have. A barrier that Jesus did not have. Okay. Okay. But that doesn't mean that we are not called to do what he did. Okay. In this now, not in everything. Right. We're not going to save the world in our in our death and resurrection like he right. does. Right. And and again, like we've got to isolate the issue here. And the issue that's at stake is are. Is this even an option for us to go out and pray for the sick? Is it even an option for us to see it in the life of Jesus as as somewhat of a model for us? I'm not saying to the T, everything, because there's things about Jesus that we could go on and on about that are different than us. But in this issue, in his, in his relation to the Holy Spirit, yeah. is there something that is similar to the way we are in relation to the Holy Spirit? And yes. I and I would say yeah. Yes,
0: and there are texts that talk about that. And so, it's
1: even by the Spirit that we are sanctified. So the hurdle of sin is is by the Spirit. Now, for Jesus being God, uh, he didn't have
0: sin, and like you know, it's impossible for
1: him to sin in a sense.
0: So maybe this will be helpful. Um, so the hurdle of sin or the barrier of sin may may interfere at some point and prevent me from seeking out these things. But it's not a barrier to the Spirit doing something. It's not like I have to be sanctified, holy, for God to use me in ministry. Like, that's all right. Like, move forth in faith and pray that the Holy Spirit would move. And you're, It's not going to be a barrier in that way, right? Right To the Spirit's power. Um, right. So there, there are verses that talk about, right, applying the same power. So when Jesus—well, here's another uh, important verse. When Jesus— Quotes Isaiah and says the spirit of the Lord is upon me, right to proclaim the Lord's favor, and you know come and do ministry. Well, kind of the question is why does he need the spirit then, right? If he's if he's just God and he's a superhero, then why would he need anointed in the spirit, right? Why that's would right. he need to be right. filled? Why What's you the don't point? need that? Holy Spirit can stay at home, and uh, and but that's not. That doesn't seem to be the case. He he was anointed by the spirit uh empowered for ministry. And then Paul says things like the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Right? So this is kind of the next step of yeah. So again, we've moved quickly and you you can read and uh but let's just say step 1 is you know, what did the kenosis mean? It mean he Jesus laid aside uh right not his divine nature, but let's say, access to those divine powers. He said, that's not what I'm going to draw from. And then in the human side of Jesus, right? He's fully God, fully human. He operates under the power and empowering of the Holy Spirit to teach, to lead, to heal, um, all kinds of stuff, to all kinds of miracles, cast out demons. Um, And then he sends the Spirit to us right? He leaves. So it's better that I must leave, that I leave than I remain with you. Why? Otherwise the Spirit will not come. I'm going to send another a helper to come to you. So now he sends you, Joe, me, any uh, believing Christian, the Spirit. The question is, okay then, what's expected of us, right? So is it the same? Um, and I like the word available rather than expected. You know, like well, you're expected to go and heal. and exp- Yeah, well, yeah, sure, I guess you could put it that way. But I just like, it's like when my kids go, oh, do I have to clean? I'm like, you get to clean. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, do I have to? No, you get to. Do we have to go pray for the sick? Do we have to seek God's, you know, revelation for the church? Like, oh, you get to, right? right. So I just put that little twist on there and and say, uh, the result of that would be you would rejoice in the spirit like Jesus did. Imagine what that felt like. Mm-hmm. Hmm yeah right.
1: you know, and this plays into it, yeah exactly. We get to do these things, and we're kind of we're narrowing in on a really specific topic theologically, right yeah, so which is good. We also have to keep in mind there's the whole story of redemption, okay, right there's a redemptive story in the Bible, the whole Bible's a story, and if we see that Jesus is the second Adam, okay. I'm just you know we don't have to get into this right now, but but I think it's important to zoom out for a second and, and realize there's more to this than just well, Jesus shows us what it means to do ministry. It's like, well, yes, sort of, but why? because he's he is he is the true and better Adam, he is the epitome of humanity, so in that that means that that means that he's going to be. Yes, he is fully divine. Only God can do what God requires. But he's showing us what humanity is meant for. And he's demonstrating that and and being that. And then in that, redeeming humanity. To be conformed. Through, to be conformed to that image, the image of his son, the firstborn among many brothers. Who share family attributes? Absolutely. So... Is your vision of eternity that you are somehow still at this distance from God or are you actually partaking in the divine nature? Not... And this is where people get really scared. And this is why stuff is on YouTube and everything. (laughs) It's because we have an unbiblical understanding of the nature of who we are. Now, I know I get passionate. Deal with it. So we have an un... (laughs) <laughs> Here's the, the 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 onus is not on someone who says, "Well, I'm going to be like I'm going to be like Jesus," which means I'm going to be like God. The onus is not on them to explain their position. The onus is on the person who would argue with that position, because the Scripture bleeds with that. It says that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. Now that's First John. So. What does that mean? It, it just means character. Mean, it just means character. It just means you won't look at porn or something.
0: But listen, <laughs> that's what God's doing—not looking at porn. That He's just
1: not doing a lot of things. <laughs> he's not healing people. All right. All right, so so here's the thing. He he he's he we we become in in First Peter we become partakers of the divine nature, but um. There's, there's, the, what does that mean? Is the question, and that, and I agree, we are not Yahweh. Okay, we're not, we are not the uncreated one. All right, so let's
0: talk about incommunicable okay? and communicable so, attributes.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, mean, that's true. kind of the thing, that's right? True, right? There's things that transfer, and there's things that. Don't. So let
0: me let me define. It. So in theological study, there's attributes of God. Some of those are incommunicable, as in think of a communicable disease, something like the coronavirus can be communicated from one to the other. There's these incommunicable attributes of God that we will never have, like aseity, self existence. Like He's the only one that self exists. We are created. He's the creator. Uh, omnipotence, the ultimate right power. We won't have that. Omniscience. We won't know everything. Right. There's this, There's just. But then there's communicable attributes, which include character, like being kind and patient, mm-hmm. right, and merciful. And the question then is: um, Is supernatural ability a communicable attribute? Clearly. <laughs> All right, settled. Clearly, the Book of Acts.
1: I mean, let's be honest. The New Testament: people are healing, people are having prophetic uh, revelation. People, there's miracles occurring. People are being transported. I mean,
0: transported. Philip, <laughs> Philip is transported. I want the well, gift of transportation, man, because that would save on flights. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that. Here's the thing that. Chosen no joking mood right now.
1: Yeah, I know. This
0: is why I don't tell you what I'm talking about because I know there's just stuff and I can just get you going. <laughs> it's like forty minutes and you're revving hot, man. Like,
1: <laughs> this is the thing. I've read this stuff for years. Like, this is not new stuff. Oh boy, people don't agree with this. Yeah, I, 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 so my passion is sustained. Is my point. Like, this isn't just like a new thing to me. Sustained. I feel, <laughs> I feel strongly because. What are we doing? Why are we here? Who are we? I talked to people. I, say, I asked my group the other night, who are you? Oh, gosh. And Joe. I got in the and, 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 and group that I love, you know how we <laughs> talked about it. Some people responded, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I said, no. That's my fault. It is partly your fault. But why? <laughs> we emphasize our sinful, uh, Indwell, it, we, we emphasize indwelling sin and the, and the fight okay. for joy, which is not wrong. It's just incomplete. Okay. It's, it's, it's not incorrect. It's incomplete. But, which I think is needed because we have a lot of, we you know we have a lot of sins, so we need to address that. But what we don't want to do is come away saying, that's all I am. Hmm. I'm just a struggler. Hmm. Nowhere does it say, in fact, it says the opposite in Romans chapter 8. Do we eight. need to rebrand the church again? No, I think it's great. All right. Fight for joy. It's gravity and gladness. It's both. Okay, but here's the thing: if I'm asking you the question and you can't tell me who you are, this is a problem, Joe. Who are you? I am the righteousness of God. I am in Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am. I. I am an image bearer of the uncreated. One, that's who I am. I'm his beloved. Mm. I am beloved of God. That's who I am. Now, you will. Op- John Piper talks about it as the indicative and the imperative, and we've talked about this before. You know, if that's who you are, then do as you are. Right. Become. Become what you are. Leavened as you already are leavened. You are that, so be that. It's not saying become who you should be. That's legalism. Mm. That's every other religion that's out there, right? You need to do something to become something. And Christianity says you are this by grace,
0: through faith. You are the beloved of God. You are righteous, Let me use an analogy, Um, the, the family. So if your son or daughter is not acting as though they are your son or daughter, right? And so everything that would imply like, you love them, they have a place, but for whatever reason... Uh, and again, the analogy breaks down because you're not a perfect parent. And a, but there's let's just say on their end, some kind of inhibitions, some kind of fear, some kind of things that they're not trusting you, not trusting mama, not trusting daddy. The answer for them isn't to become your children, right? But to be, live out what they are, which is your children, right? To walk in that freedom. That's what you're saying, not. Become not change your nature. God has done that. That's cr- right, exactly. To walk in line with that, right? And so if so, if that
1: is who you are, and this is what we're saying, this is the, this this is the communicable attributes of God. Holy. Peter says, "Be holy." He's quoting from the Old Testament. Says, "Be holy as I am holy." So it's clearly a communicable attribute, holiness. You can't argue with that. Straight out of the Bible. It's communicable in Christ through the redemptive work of Jesus. Okay, so if that's true, that he gives that to you, he shares it with you, then he will do amazing things in and through you, in the earth, in this earth, now. Not not an eternity to come, but now there will be things that happen that are demonstrating his power, demonstrating his goodness, demonstrating his nearness by the by his own presence through the Holy Spirit. Would you say we have an underrealized eschatology? As as a redeemer. redeemer? Yes.
0: So let's talk about that. Eschatology is right, the study of end times or end thing the end things, like where we're headed, which is ultimately to become partakers of the divine nature, right? Like one with God and everything else flowing out from there. there. There's this idea that there is a progression in history. The Spirit has come, but beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be, we do not know. So there's this thing coming, but the Spirit is here. There's this already not yet. So this, the Spirit has come. The Spirit is moving. We are God's children, but there's more to come. There's this fullness that's coming. And and so to have... and. An overrealized eschatology would mean to uh, kind of be thinking way too far down the line, like, "Oh, we're perfect, we're without sin, like all is fine." Like, well, no. An underrealized eschatology would be not leaning far enough into the presence where we really are, which is the spirit of the age or the age of the spirit, I should say, and being made sons and almost like, well, I guess one day, one day we'll have joy. For now, just grit it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, as opposed to walking in the newness of life, that Paul, calls, well, he doesn't say do that later. Like all his letters aren't just like, well, one day you'll walk in newness of life. He literally calls you to do that. Right. Right. So you're affirming that you you believe we redeemer, and it's not just a redeemer thing. I think it's large parts of the church having an underrealized eschatology, mm-hmm. and a burdened by sin, held back by the world. Uh, are comfortable with the world, maybe. I don't know. But, okay, so, we got some problems. Well, you're gonna have them, right? So good, but I mean, but this is part of a, look, every, just like every individual has a spiritual growth, I believe every church does too, and that's, the season I'd say we're in is, is seeing these things, collectively, as a pastoral team and leadership team, and hopefully as a membership, like, oh, we do have an under eschatology. Oh, there is um, a degree of fullness of the Spirit that God offers that we have not faithfully sought, you know. And some of our Calvinism can um, get in the way of that. Calvinism, or the belief that God controls all things— um, it can—I believe it's 100% true. It can have—you can draw false consequences from that. Like, one is, well, a passivity, you know? Well, then I'll just wait, you know, but I would say Paul, the same guy who wrote Romans 9, which is strong Calvinism, then wrote Romans 10, which is strong evangelism, like, we'll then go preach, right? So, you know, I, I don't think that we want to be in a position where we would say, well, yeah— I guess there is things available in the spirit so we'll see what God does what he gives us like well, Paul the same guy who wrote uh 1 Corinthians 12 and or even Romans 9 also wrote 1 Corinthians 14 which says eagerly desire that you know the gifts especially that you may prophesy like he, there is this idea of pursuit right. that it, that you get to do right that's available so we're hopefully learning growing repenting as a church of those things and and leaning leaning into that and um and trusting, right, God and his sovereignty to provide what he desires, but but knock, 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 seek, seek, seek kind of thing, right? Um so we don't have a lot of time left here. You um mm-hmm. you got some kids to pick up and uh we got a few minutes possibly here. Uh any final bows that you wanna put on this? Any exhortation or Burden for the church, or what would you... Um, yeah, I mean, I can just read this quick, to
1: Another quote by by Gerald Hawthorne, who... Um, and again, that book is practice... Or what is it? Now? The Presence and the Power. The Presence and the Power. It's all about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Now, right. Ger- Gerald Hawthorne is not a charismatic. He's a, you know, uh, he's he taught at Wheaton College for almost 50 years he, in Greek and New Testament. He's written commentaries for... I mean he's a published guy right he's he's died in the wool evangelical he's not a he's not bill johnson okay who's out there with bethel church and um and here's what he says after studying this he says jesus demonstrated clearly that god's intended way for human beings to live the ideal way to live the supremely successful way to live is in conjunction with god in harmony with god in touch with the power of god and not apart from God, not independent of God, not without God, the spirit was the presence and power of God in Jesus, and fully so. It's good. So I think that you know as we think about this stuff, it you do have to think about it it is It is not easy and simple. I think there's a, there's a depth to it and it and it's good. Um, we need to think and and process um, and not just react and not just uh Find a way to excuse what we've always thought, you know, and just sit with it. What seems right? What doesn't seem right um, about the way maybe Redeemer's doing something, or, or or you see things in friends or in other churches or whatever it is. And in the end, we we're 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 saying that um, we're not saying. it's One of the arguments is, you know, well, I got enough problems raising my kids and just. Not sinning,
0: and, you know. Got,
1: now, now it's I got to do to-do list. Yeah, now I got to do what? I got to go pray for the sick. Come on. I mean, that the main the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And then what is that? Raising it's, your it's, kids. It's to be it's to, yeah, it's raising your kids or not yelling at your wife. And, and I, you know, and I get it. Like I get that. But I would say it's it's we can't make a distinction here between what it means to be in obedience to God we can't just say well there's sin issues and then there's the icing on the cake which is like yeah you know praying for the sick or healings of and and miracles all of it goes together your kids need healed yeah you know all of it so much of it goes together there's there's you know we can't make these distinct distinctive lines between these things as if they have nothing to do with each other they have everything to do with each other Um. People are
0: coming to know Jesus Mm. as they're healed physically. People are— Maybe that's what your kids need. So, like, maybe one of the reasons the kids walk away from the church is because they never experienced the power of God. Well, certainly that's the reason, but you know what I mean? Like, Sure. Like, we have this idea of, like, oh, well, if we just train them well enough, then they'll they'll embrace this and walk with it. Like, well, that's part of it. But man, what if God was to break into your child's life and and deliver them from anxiety or deliver them from an illness and, sure. and manifest his power that way? That's that's what I'm saying. This is parenting also.
1: Right. It's it's all of it, you know, and God works in mysterious ways. You know, I know another guy that came to know Jesus because his mom died. Hmm. You know, she wasn't healed. Right. So God does whatever he wants and through different ways. But the but what we can't do is make this line of like well, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and and what I know is at least I'm supposed to be kind, and I'm supposed to raise my kids right, and and wackos are, you know, maybe you want to go do that other stuff, but at least I'm doing the basics, and I'm saying, no, you're not. Well,
0: like, the basics actually get really boring.
1: Oh, you're saying you're not. I'm yeah, saying yeah. the basics is all of this. The yeah. basics of, of
0: the normal Christian life is all of the above. Yep. And so... Right, good. So that's part of why, as a church, we've, we've been leading in this and saying... It's been in our statement of faith as part of the basics, but for different reasons, just kind of not talked about a lot. So uh, enough of that. Um, And then the other thing I would say is this is where we learn together. um, Certainly there's this place and time for you on your own to have vibrant communion with God and to hear from Him and want that to grow. But part of how that grows is by um, developing that together as a body. And so that's why we uh, do things like um, worship nights and our prayer team on Sundays and there's groups that are doing this, you know, starting to pray and seek God more together in these ways. Um, so lean in together and watch God work, watch him surprise us. And um, yeah, so we're in it together, growing in different ways. So I think that's it. Joe, thank you. Got you all angry. That's righteous anger, though. You know, if you've ever seen righteous anger, this is it. I'll just tell you. <laughs> um this good so we'll continue the conversation uh, plenty of resources let's dig in for the long haul keep pursuing God be patient and thankful for what he provides um, and listen to the promptings of the spirit right at the end of the day you can, yeah it is good to think and read all this stuff uh, but say at some point it's like well, that's enough already if God gives you a nudge to pray for someone just obey him just do it and, uh, and then yeah just walk in that so Joe thank you to all of you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you soon. Bye.